welcome to another episode of Talking Shift. This podcast is a place for people to acquire knowledge of spirituality, or as I like to call it, our evolution. We talk about everything from spirits, psychics, the Galactic Federation, the Intergalactic Federation, channeling, spirituality, like all the things, starseeds, earth angels, healing, but my favorite, the ups and downs of being in these damn meat suits. Some of the shows you're going to be stuck with me, Diamond, as your host, and others are going to have my co-host, Alicia, or other various healers and wisdom sharers as we connect and we chat about our journeys, our experiences, and many discoveries we've had moving through our human and spiritual lives. We'll share some practices, tools that we've learned to help you shift your reality. We're all in this together, right? I would love for you to join us on our journey as we share and connect with others and create a space of acceptance and empowerment. We are brave, we are bold, we are raw, and we are very real. We'd love for you to join the conversation. Feel free to reach out at our email, reachout at diamondno.com or connect with us on our socials. TikTok is diamond.no and Facebook and Instagram are both diamondno. And oh, as in, nope. We would absolutely love to hear from you. Hey, hey, gang. It's Dime, and today I'm sitting here with uh, my beautiful sister, Sarah Rose, who is. Oh my gosh, girl, like your spiritual advisor now with us, you're hosting awakening sisterhood circles, you're a mom, you're a partner, you're my little sister. (laughs) (laughs) I lean on you so much. (laughs) Awesome. So today what we're going to talk about is, you know, the different dynamics of, and the complexity of filling your bucket and you know there's all these sayings about fill your cup first or the oxygen mask for you first or if your bucket's not full you can't really truly give so I want to dissect this from your beautiful perspective and teachings today okay all right um yeah so in the last week or so I've I've learned a lot more in regards to filling my bucket because I'm very focused I have been very focused on filling my own only because I never did that before. Um, Not within the last week, but in the last couple of years, you know, when the awakening happens, you kind of recognize where you are lacking that fulfillment within yourself. Um, And then you start exploring, what is it that I enjoy, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I can remember my first walk outside of the house to fill my own bucket because I like nature, but I haven't connected with nature in forever. And I remember thinking like, holy shit, um, are the kids getting like their, their, they get like magnesium gummies at night for like sleep? Like, did they get that already? Um, did they clean up the dishes? Like all of these things going through my head and then feeling guilty because I wasn't there to help out. Mm. Um, and it took a while, like a couple of times, even more so of like, stop texting. Like even my spouse was like, you just need, like, how can you even fill your bucket if you're like constantly worried about what's going on here? Um, Because again, didn't have my gas mask on for like the longest time, was putting everybody else's on, but had no idea how to focus on myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I've been- Such a thing too, right? Like (sighs) nobody teaches you when you become a mother that mom guilt (laughs) is just going to ride your ass so hard. Right? And it actually, I swear it starts 
the minute they start crying and you're like, oh my God, right? Like yeah. <laughs> they've been crying for like five minutes and it's the end of the fucking world. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it used to be that he would cry when I was in the car. And then I was like, oh my God, I can't stop. Like I have to get, so like, you know, wailing and it's just, yeah, mom mm-hmm. guilt so hard. Anyway, so the last week or so, um, very much around, I know how to fill my bucket. I know what I need. Mm-hmm. Um, but my, my fiance is a contractor. So he goes out and he works and sometimes he works long hours. Um, so I'm here and I'm, I'm taking care of the kids. I'm working from home. I'm taking care of the kids because it's summer vacation the resentment is building because I haven't been out of the house by myself. And if I am, I don't want to leave my daughter alone with my son for so long. Like he, he can be a very big handful. Right. Um, And he's very much like mommy's boy. Like I I need to be like right beside you. And we're working on that part. Um, But it can be very like overwhelming for me. So he has, he's been late and like seven o'clock, eight o'clock, nine o'clock sometimes. And by then I'm, I'm exhausted and I, I actually really don't want to know how his days went. <laughs> like, I don't care. Yeah. I like, I'm fucking pissed. I don't care what you did today. I'm sure it was really lovely because you're very talented, but like you weren't here for dinner. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to have that conversation last week. Cause you know, you know, he sits down and he's like, what's going on? Like I'm outside and I'm journaling, but it's not because I'm angry journaling. I'm just, you know, I'm going through. And I just kind of like, <laughs> I looked at him and I was like, I've been a single mom, mm-hmm. but I am not a single mom. So why do I feel like a single mom? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, I'm like, I know you're not doing it on purpose. And sometimes our initial response is to be defensive, especially when we, we are coming at someone that way. Don't expect like a happy, like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, you know, like yeah. let's, let's work on it. It's defensive. So it was like, well, I was, I was expecting you. And it was just like, oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So being able to, you know, take that deep breath and say like, I, I need you here at these times. Not I need, I desire you. I desire a family that sits down and has dinner together. When I was younger, I didn't enjoy that. Um, because of the parents that I had, it was just, it felt toxic and it felt fake because we weren't really a family. But in this respect, we are, we've built a healthier foundation for our kids. Mm -hmm. Um, And at the same time, I need to be able to get out of the house and know that the kids are okay. Mm -hmm. Know that I don't have to rush, that I can take my time. There was no balance. So being able to say that, but then allow that person to do what you're desiring, allow them to fulfill that for you and accept it. Right. right? And that's the tricky part. I know when my babies were young, like they're grownups now. Yeah. Um, and I was in a very, like my marriage, I was super young. I was awakening while going through like the deep healing. My partner wasn't. So it was very third dimensional consciousness and right. the, and my ego was still like, I had not tamed that motherfucker <laughs> at all. Right. So it was like, not only was it, can I receive from him? Can I ask for my needs to be met? I wasn't very good at that even, but then when I did trusting that they were going to do it the way, like the control piece, are you going to yes. do it the way that it has to be done? Right. 
Like, are you going to do it right? Yeah. You know, and that fear of trying to keep everything smooth and organized and the fear of giving to my children everything I didn't have. Right. You know, I didn't have a happy family life. And so I started projecting my story. I don't want my kids to feel my pain. Right. I don't want them to feel neglected. And so I went on hyper overdrive. You created a code. It was more like, I want to give them everything because I don't want them to experience my pain. Yeah. So I was looking through my story. Meanwhile, that wasn't Zoe or Lincoln's story. Right. My children, that was not their story. Their story was, okay, cool. I've got a mom who's like going through this crazy healing, awesome journey and who loves us unconditionally. Right. But I was taking my story of neglect, abandonment, and trying to overcompensate. Right. Being fearful that that was going to be their story. So then when it came to my partner helping me fulfill, I wasn't capable. Right. I wasn't even willing because I was like, you're not going to make them feel what I think they need to feel based on my perception of my pain. Do you know where I'm going with that? Like, oof, it was a mess. Absolutely. So in that case, like what made you recognize that? What was that switch for you? I divorced him. Okay. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. But like with your kids and projecting that onto yeah. your kids. Yeah. No, there was like a defining moment when my daughter was about, I'd say 12, to be honest. Like she's well into her twenties now, but there okay. was a defining moment when she was 12. And she had like her yoga mat out with all her crystals. And I was like, oh, like I never, I never even had encouragement about this. And then she looked at me, she's like, yeah. So like the spirit I'm talking to, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, she is me now. And it was like, almost, I was like looking at her from a fresh set of eyes of she's her own independent human who came right. here to experience her own contrast. Right. So I'm kind of messing that up by projecting my desire for her to be safe and secure and all of that. Like I'm obviously going to do that for her. So it sort of like took the pressure off. Yeah. And then I started asking myself, what do I want her to receive through her experience with me? Yeah. And like, I was, I was a single mom for a real long time. So I didn't, I didn't get to play with that with a partner until the last like five years. Right. Fair. Yeah. So that was my defining moment. What about you though? Um, it's actually happened a couple of times, but, um, I grew up in a household where my older brother, so he's about a, a year older than me, um, was at times physically abused, but more, um, physically or emotionally abused. Right. Um, so very much lowered in his belief system. Like I'm sure he has a lot to heal, <laughs> not because, but from what I perceive anyways, mm-hmm. um, but raising a son in a household with a stepdad, I was projecting that onto him. Like, I was like, oh my God, like, don't talk to him this way. And like, oh, he's so defenseless. And then finding out that he's like, he has high functioning autism so I'm like oh he can't he can't defend himself and then having that um growing up and seeing my brother be um bullied throughout school until he got older and bigger and no one wanted to mess with him 
and then seeing how I was treated from other kids at my school, it was very much like I need to like wrap them in this bubble. And I'm so worried about bringing him to school. And, you know, I'm teaching him these things of like being, you know, be defensive and like, you know, and then I'm thinking like, why, you know, Mm -hmm. and then, oh my God, I'm so worried that he can't socialize or he doesn't want to socialize. Like what's wrong with him? instead of just allowing him to be who he wants to be. And, you know, he, he wants to swing on a swing and that is bringing him enjoyment. Sometimes he'll want to play with other kids, but like he is his own different person from Mm -hmm. anybody else sitting at that table, at that dinner table. And (laughs) my fiance is not a bad guy. (laughs) No, He's not that stepdad I was raised with, right? So, like, really, yeah. that was a defining moment for me. And then with my daughter, obviously, um, there was a lot of projection in regards to when I was growing up with my mom um, and what I was told about myself. So, I was projecting that onto her. And then um, it was actually you. We had a conversation that was like, holy fuck. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah. It was a big yeah. moment. It was a big moment. And Ever since then, it's like been amazing just to be the observer of their life and watching them make their decisions and watching what brings them fulfillment Um, and recognizing that this daughter of mine that's 13 has far exceeded um, my my core belief system and my voice at her age. Like Mm -hmm. she is very much like standing in her power and it's freaking beautiful. So, yeah. yeah. So fascinating. Yeah. We go into, like for me, that's, that's the key point when we are trying to prevent the pain that we've experienced for our children. Yes. We're in hyperactive overdrive and we're not being present. And we're not understanding that we're not our parents. We're not they're not living in a world that we lived in. Right. You know, they're living in their own unique perception. Yeah. That that was a lot of freedom for me as a mom. Absolutely. But when we're in that state, we overcompensate and then we're not fixing, we're not like focusing on fulfilling our bucket first. We are filling everybody else's and then we get resentful. Yeah. We're in this despair. We're in this like, oh my God, who am I? Because we're lost. We have given it all away. So it's like, how do we bring that back? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's not just about filling our own bucket, like doing it ourselves. We need that balance of somebody else to do that with us. Mm -hmm. That's a, yeah. Alicia and I had a conversation that's on the previous podcast. Um, where I sort of discovered over the last, like, I'd say month, like I'm learning a deeper layer of my vulnerability and I always, yeah. So that's on the other podcast, but I'm learning a deeper layer. And one of the things that I've really come to terms with in defining my desire list for a partner, and that's the the phase that I'm in right now. It's like, let me define what really helps me feel fulfilled. Right. And I know how to fill my bucket. I'm really good at it. And I know how to fill other people's buckets. I'm probably yeah. better at that. <laughs> Let's be real. Um, and I think that's traditional for a lot of moms, right? Yeah. But I need, I like really discovering what am I doing to fill me? And then what do I require from my intimate relationships, whether that's my sisters, my friends, my children, my partner? to fill my, to add to my bucket. Right. You know, like, what does this exchange look like? Yeah. And that was an interesting 
dive into what actually makes me feel fulfilled. Right. And if we don't know that, we don't know what to ask for, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So what are some of the things you do to fill your own bucket and some of the things that you ask your partner for? Um, And, And question, do you ask your children to fill your bucket too? Yes, I do. <laughs> um, I love nature. I love going out and walking and stuff like that. So um, that fulfills my bucket. So I take them out and mm-hmm. it actually mm-hmm. ends up filling theirs. I'm not like pressuring them to do anything. But like at first I was like, I just want to walk. Why can't we just walk down this trail? And my son's like, I want to throw rocks into the lake. I'm like, we can't do that right now. <laughs> that's not really my body. And then I was like, you know what? Let's do it. Cause I've never done it. Like when I was a kid, that's not what we did. So mm-hmm. I would throw it. And at one point, actually, I lost one of my bracelets throwing a rock into the water. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but yeah, like that fills his bucket. So like finding ways to fill my bucket with the things I like to do. Actually, I like, I'm realizing that it fills theirs, but in like a different way. So being mm-hmm. able to be that flexible mm-hmm. way, right? Like I love drawing. I haven't loved drawing in forever. Um, like when I was in school, I feel like it's like, if you don't draw their way, then you're not doing it right. So it's like, mm-hmm. well, then like, I'm awful. I'm an awful drawer. So I started drawing again. And then like Xander loves to draw, but his is like automobiles and stuff like that. So like, he'll sit there and draw automobiles. Mm-hmm. And so we're filling each other's bucket because I love like seeing what he draws. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, he loves to see what I draw or he'll ask me to draw him something. So, so it's uh-uh. like, so it's sort of like you guys are finding mutual, enjoyable things yeah. to fill your own bucket, but also do it together. Yeah. It's really cool. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. I love um, when I don't have to cook every single night. <laughs> yeah. So, right. so my 13-year-old daughter will cook us meals. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. And talk about building her confidence too. Like that's something... Um, that I was very hyper aware of. And like, I work with a lot of kids. I work with a lot of youth and I know you do too. Right. Yeah. And one of the strategies that is so powerful to help a child fill their own bucket, but you have to navigate that and guide it for them is to put them into situations that build their confidence. So whether that's, and there's so many parents and like in the beginning, I was one of those parents where I did everything trying to, trying to make up for the divorce, trying to make up for, you know, joint custody, trying to like, Ooh, and trying maybe selfishly to be the better parent, like, you know, like love mommy more, like, don't leave me. Like, you know, all that that we go through, right. Which is very normal. Um, but setting up, especially that preteen, like to teen years of we are a team. And so here's a list of things that need to be done. Right. We're going to do them on Saturday. Which ones do you want to do? So put your name beside them. Okay. And then it's like showing them that like, oh, wow, you did a great job. Meanwhile, yes. when they're not looking, I'm going to go redo it. Like, I'm going to go, <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's like, wow, this is awesome. Thank you yeah. for contributing towards this team energy. Right. And then my kids always had one night that they cooked a week. And so they would pick any recipe. They would go and like get all the, like, right out their grocery list. I take them to the grocery store. I'd make them do the bank machine. Like the whole thing was on them. I was just standing beside them. And then we would put on music and they would cook. 
and I just sort of hang out. I love that. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't interject. And they'd be like, mom, how do I? And I'm like, okay, well, what do you think? And it just right. built their confidence on such an incredible level. Yes. Such an incredible level. But I was like, good job. Yeah. Like, good job. And now both my kids are phenomenal cooks. Love they that. know how to take care of themselves too, right? Yes. And so it's just like helping, putting them into situations that, and each child's unique, like not, not cooking is not going to work for all of them. Right. But giving them a task to accomplish. Yeah. Boost their confidence to a whole other level. And you can do this with babies too, like little kids, like yeah. not babies, obviously, but like toddlers, you know, it's like tidy up. I'm like, I'm going to do this and this, do you want to do this or this? Do you want right. to clean up the stuffies or the Lego? And then yes. it's like, look at you. Yeah. yeah. And that's teaching them yes. how to receive their bucket being filled. Right. And not looking at it as, as a chore or a task, but like, uh, oh, I've something, right? Yeah. It was like so transformative for many of the teens and moms and dads that I work with. Like, it's such a cool thing. Yeah. Just having that it's- teen mentality. We have, uh, like, Xander just turned seven. So it's, we're going through the phase of, like, it's either I, I can't decide what I'm going to mm-hmm. choose. So you decide for me. Or, like, <laughs> I want to be, like, like bigger. I want to be, like, more mature. I want to be, like, Liv's age. So it's, like, okay, cool. Um, well, Liv, what do you do? Like, mm-hmm. oh, you make your own bed and you do this. And he's, like, I did it. I made my own cereal. Like I didn't even have to ask you just watch me. And I'm like, that's amazing. Like, I'm so proud of you. Mm -hmm. And then I remember like going to like a baseball thing and you know, they have kids there. And I was like, in Xander was like, I made my own breakfast. They're like, how old are you? And he's like seven. They're like, my kids don't even do that. I'm like, yeah, but like, did you give them the opportunity? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and then let's go back to that resentment thing. Yeah. Right. It is not easy to take this like cheerleader approach. It's you know? not. It's not. And there's days where you want to shake them. Like, let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I don't want to be a mom anymore. This is stupid. This is too right? hard. Like you were on my last nerve. Yep. Um, like there's, there's so much sway with it. Yeah. Um, so for us, it was always like, and for a lot of my clients, there's like a whole board made of like tasks and cool. I just have to congratulate you when I walk by it. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, but then it's dealing with the resentment piece because we are, it's a lot of pressure, man. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of energy. And if you're not asking for your bucket to be received, you're going to get down to that depletion and you're going to start to be resentful. Yeah. And so I think like, I always give out homework, right? (laughs) (laughs) Create a list of what actually, what can I do to fill my bucket? Right. And create a list on what makes me feel valued. Yeah. And if you don't know your love language, and this is, I think this is such a game changer, and I knew you're going to bring this up. (laughs) Your love language. What is your partner's love language? What is your child's love language? What is your love language? That is how you're going to fill each other's buckets. My love language is acts of service. So, my children are aware for mom to feel loved. I'm just going to make her coffee in the morning or yeah. I'm going to do the dishes for her. And then I reciprocate with that's my love language. Thank you. Yes. And then understanding my children's love language. My son's is quality time. 
So we have quality over quantity. Right. And we, we book it. I'm like, all right, we're doing quality time on Friday. What do you want to do? Yeah. And then my daughter's a access service. So it makes it super simple because we have the same love language. <laughs> I'm like, no props. I got this. But yeah. understanding that and communicating that with your partner, with your children, with yes. yourself, and then bringing awareness to it yep. helps it be sustainable. Yeah. And watch That's the change. Like watch the change of all of that, like icky and weighed down feeling like morph and transform. Um, But being aware and open to it, doing that, because I think that we can, and I have fallen into that mental trap, right? Of like, but like, Mm -hmm. really, it's not like that anymore. Mm Egypt. Right. Um, but mine is actually uh, quality time. So again, like the last couple of weeks, I'm like, you're not speaking my love language. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Therefore, I don't want to speak yours because I'm getting resentful. Mm. Right. Yeah. So true how that happens. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's just taking the time to have that conversation. And if conversations yeah. are uncomfortable, another tool that really works write it out in a journal and then hand the journal to the other person. Zoe and I communicate it. My daughter, we communicated it like that for a full year. Really? A whole year. Okay. She was 16 because I was still not fully in the stepping back observer role. I was still trying to solution. She's 16 and I'm trying to solution everything for her. Yeah. And that wasn't that wasn't working and so she was the one that was like she wrote it out in a journal I hand to me she's like I don't want to hear back from you for 24 hours you need to digest it so that you're not reactionary and then you write back to me and this is not up for conversation this journal only mom and I was like damn (laughs) she nailed it nailed it yeah and so with your partner or, you know, especially the teen years, like, holy poop shoot, it's a hard time. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Xander is um, very highly sensitive and highly intuitive. So he picks up on the energy like crazy, right? So my tone of voice, like I could change just a little bit. And he's just like, I'm like, are you mad? Like, are you, no, 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 you're just frustrated. I'm like, I didn't even change it that badly. (laughs) Yeah, but that's the thing like and it's not that we need to walk on eggshells but I we need to use better language with our kids and we need to learn how to express ourselves and explain our tone of voice explain why this makes us this way in um so that they are understanding and they can do the same thing to us just like that journal method right so yeah 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 like before we wrap up, let's just touch. Okay. Let's do a follow-up podcast. I think that talking about raising highly intuitive children. Yes. Let's do that next. Okay. Um, so we're going to bring that for you guys. And cause I, like my daughter is six generations. Like, like oh. both my kids, right. They're highly intuitive and sensitive <laughs> empaths. Like, woof. Um, but yeah, so let's revisit this conversation okay. and follow up with that. Um, and in the meantime, until we meet again, It's all about what is it that fills your bucket for you? What can you, with your love language specifically, receive and be open to receiving, which is really hard for being a mom. 
a lot of women, a lot of men too, actually, really struggle with being open to receiving. And so creating that dialogue as a, as a team, as a unit or one-on-one with your child or your partner of, okay, let's learn to be open to receiving together. Let's talk about love language. Let's define. So I know my love language, but here are the specifics that actually make me feel valued. And so get really, really clear with yourself in your journal, sit down and have a conversation and process that and then put it into play. It'll change. It'll make beautiful, beautiful changes for you. Yeah. 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 Love it. Awesome. All right. I am really pumped about raising intuitive. Yeah. yeah. Really ah. about that. So we'll be back again next week with that conversation. And yeah. as always, we love your emails. We love your love letters and we love your questions and suggestions. So you can find all of our socials and our contact information on diamondno.com. And we can't wait to meet again. Oh, bye.